It is Victory Monday, January 9th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Jet Home Loans. And now, a guy who thought working Saturday night was so nice, he's doing it twice. <laughs> J.P. Shadrick. You got that right. Uh, and this time it is for a wild card playoff game this Saturday. Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Monday. The Jaguars are AFC South champions. We've got plenty to attend to in the next two hours. Tony Baselli, you might have heard of him. He's a pro football Hall of Famer. He'll join us, of course. Pete Prisco, CBS Sports senior writer. He'll be with us shortly. AFC South champs for the second time, the fourth division title in Jaguars history. And the Jaguars will host an AFC wildcard playoff game Saturday, 8-15 against the L.A. Chargers. We have plenty of Fanatics fan questions tonight as well and a playoff preview around the corner. Doug Peterson spoke with the media today where the Jaguars have won so many different ways down the stretch of this season, but for the head coach, whatever it takes. A win's a win's a win. Um, it's hard to win in this league, and I don't care how you do it. Um, you know, bottom line is you got to try to figure out a way. And sometimes you're going to score 40, sometimes you're going to score 20, you know, or, or 10. And, you know, sometimes the offense is hot, and sometimes they're not. You know, defense is, is smoking or special teams, whoever it might be. And and that was the type of game it was, you know, this past Saturday. I mean, that's a, that's a good football team, you know, that, that we played. And... Look, they were playing for the same things we were playing for, and and that was a win and end scenario. wasn't our best offensively, we know that, um, but it was one of our best games defensively and on special teams. So um, that's just how football seasons go. That's how that's how teams go. And and um, you know this time of year, it, it really it really doesn't matter as long as you figure out a way you know to win that game. Win the game. They certainly did it. They won the AFC South Division title, and now it's on to the postseason. Quarterback Trevor Lawrence after the game Saturday night, finishing an all-time rally for the Jaguars to get to the division crown. Just the excitement that, obviously, you know, I had and still have right now and coach and just how, how this year's gone and um, the ups and downs and just the, the belief that we've had the whole time is, you know, you kind of saw it all come together today. And even just how we had to win the game is, you know, it wasn't always pretty, but just found a way to win and, you know, just told him, told him I loved him. I'm appreciative of him, you know, just what he's done for for this place. Obviously, takes more than just, just a coach, but what he's been able to do for this organization um, has been incredible and just excited for the future. And we get another opportunity to play next week. I know that that's all that means is we get to play again next week. And there's not many teams that get to say that at this point. So, um well, I guess after tomorrow night at that point. But um, so just just excited. These guys, you know, you know, we earned it. It, it was a it was a tough year as far as just having to climb out of that hole we dug ourselves and it was it was awesome. Now to the Jaguars defense, they allowed three points in the second half and of course had the big play at the end. It's been a big play defense down the stretch, and Rayshon Jenkins has had a hand in that. Two picks against the Cowboys, including a game-winning interception return for a touchdown in overtime of that game. And then Saturday night, the play of the game, the sack fumble. These are not a surprise to Rayshon. Yeah, I envision it, man. That, that's, that's stuff I just uh, just think about um, all the time. You know, I always dream about making big plays, especially when my number is called, uh, especially if my if my 
coaches have the trust to call my number on a play, I, I take that very personal. Um, so I, I would say I'm having a good season, man. And um, um, but that's what you're supposed to do when when you, when you get brought into a team and, and, and supposed to change the culture. Uh, you got to be one of those guys, especially you come in. Um, uh, you know, if they if they went to go handpick you, you have to be one of the guys that help change the culture. More coming up, including more comments from head coach Doug Peterson and, yes, locker room sound, the celebration after a Jaguars win. We're on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, Jag social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube on this Monday. Tony Baselli and Pete Prisco are with us now, and the Jaguars are the AFC South champions. They will host the Chargers in a wildcard playoff game, and Tony locked it so many weeks ago, and it came true. Congrats. <laughs> That drives Pete crazy that I locked it and it worked. <laughs> because you didn't really believe it. There's no way yeah, you believe it. No, you didn't. You did it for clicks and hits and people's talking about you because that's who you are. That's not who I am. You know I believed it. This team was playing good football. And if you look at the five-game losing streak, I could argue that they should have won every one of those games. But even if they just win three of them, they'd have been the best team by far in the AFC. And that coupled with the injuries that the Titans and the way they were playing, I felt like this, you know, the Jags, if they could run the table, they ended up not having to run the table. Um, they did lose the one to Detroit that I thought might hurt them. But I did believe that this team was good enough to make the playoffs. Did you just say they would have been the best team in the AFC? AFC South. Okay, okay, oh, okay. Because yeah. I know you've gotten carried away over here recently, so I, I didn't know what you were where you were going with that. But it sure sounded like you said best team in the AFC. Did he not, Jake? No, he said it. But AFC yeah. South, okay. Okay. AFC South. That's what I okay. meant. Okay, and they would have, and they probably would have been a higher seed <laughs> if they won a couple of those games. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, you know, it works out how it works out. I, you know, I don't think. I mean, if you sit, take a step back and you look at the top three seeds. I, I don't know if you ever surpassed them, you know, Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Kansas City. They are the class right now of the AFC, and that's what we have to go. We have to go beat those type of teams. We have to make it. Now you have to make a run in the playoffs where you get the credibility that you're considered one of those teams, and you have to do it more than one year at the same time. Um, so I think if you look at the AFC playoffs right now, I think it's it's the Chiefs, the Bills, and and the uh, and the Bengals, and then there's a gap between everyone else. I think everyone else is trying to fight their way into that top three, and this is a great opportunity for the Jaguars uh, to do something. You know what? Jacksonville is not unlike the Bengals a year ago. If if that's you know you maybe you can maybe you can get hot and get a run, and now the Bengals are around now, and they're going to be around now. And I've said that before. I said Jacksonville's going to be around for a long time now with with Trevor Lawrence as the quarterback. So maybe this can be their year to put themselves on the map and you know go upset somebody. You know, go on the road and do that. Win this week and then go upset somebody, and then all of a sudden people start talking about you like the Bengals are now. I think that's the, that's the big that's the big task right now. Look, every year somebody comes from nowhere. Every year, it's too easy to say that, two, that both conferences look very top-heavy. You know, you look at the end of, in the NFC, it's the 49ers, the Eagles, and, and who? It's for those two, and this is three teams. And so, But don't you think somebody's going to find a way to get hot and make a little run? Somebody. That's what usually happens, Pete. It's usually it's, – it's, it very rarely goes chalk. We have the you know one and two seeds in both conferences in, in, the, in the title games. And last year, you said it right, it was – it was the uh, it was the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, the year before that, it was Tampa Bay who made a run and, and from the wild card and ended up winning the whole thing. So it's right there for them. I mean, 
you always say, and this is what's been said about the in NFL playoffs for years and years and years, just get into the tournament because then it's the hottest team. It's the team that's playing the best. It's the hottest quarterback or a defense that gets on a run and starts doing stuff that's special. And you don't get to have that opportunity unless you win your division or get one of those wild card spots. The Jags won the division. They're going to have a home playoff game. You know, and now you now it's a new season. Nothing matters. The the records, none of it matters. And it's it's win or go home type of scenario. And that is a great opportunity for a team like the Jags because they should be playing. You know, pressure free. Like, hey, this is like we're in this thing. We're not here. We're not just happy to be here. We're here to win the whole thing. And let's let them go hang out and, and uh, see what we can do. And this is a showcase game, guys, of course, because of the uh, young quarterbacks up and coming, Justin Herbert in year three, Trevor Lawrence in year two. It is a primetime playoff game Saturday night, 8-15 kickoff on NBC and Paramount+. Plus, and that is a prime spot. It's the first home primetime playoff game in Jaguars history, only the fifth game in Jacksonville in the playoffs ever and um, it, it's a big spotlight Pete but for good reason this is what's and we to be were expected. Wrong. we were wrong about that by the way I was wrong I thought they would definitely be and so did you Tony you thought they'd be in the four in the early game window and they decided not to put them there which shocked me a little bit but I think what happens if Green Bay would have won and got in would they have put Jacksonville? Uh, a, yeah yes if they would have flipped those I'm convinced if Green Bay would have won Green Bay would have been the uh, Green Bay would have played the Niners on Monday night, Tampa, Dallas on Sunday night, and probably Cincinnati, uh, Baltimore on Saturday night. Or what they could have, what what they might have done if it was Green Bay and San Francisco, they would have flipped them to the night and then put Jacksonville on the early game. They could put Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, there's no doubt. If Green Bay won, they were playing a night game, and Jacksonville was probably going to play the, the early game on, on Saturday. So that's they right. did when they put them in the window, and, hey, that's good for, for Jacksonville. That place was – look, you guys were there. It sounded like it was rocking, like it hadn't rocked in a it long was, time. Pete, it was a amazing crowd. It reminded me of – remember the Monday night game against Miami when that place was just – Yes. It was, that, that was the night feel that it had. That's and then they get to do they get to do it all over again. I mean that's the thing, and they get a little bit of a break. The Chargers played the win last week uh, on Sunday, which was strange, by the way. Mike Williams hurt his back, which was a bad situation, and now they got to travel all the way across. They got to leave on Friday, so they're gonna they got a short week. It's not a good week for the Chargers. Big advantage for Jacksonville from that standpoint. Well, actually, I think they'll have to lose Thursday, Pete. Usually, the West Coast teams will leave Thursday night. Because you lose, you lose all that time traveling. That's right. You'll probably. That's right. I'm thinking Friday. Yeah, Friday yep. usually. Yeah. Wow. So take advantage of it. The crowd was. And it started. I got over the bridge, guys, at like two o'clock, and I look over. There's already cars parked and tailgating, and this is you know six hours before the game. It looked like they had been there for a minute already. So. By the time, you know, 6 o'clock rolls around and then it's two hours before the lots are packed, there's people everywhere, there's tailgating, you know, grill smoke all over the place. I mean, it is it is a scene outside, and then that all just transferred to uh, to kickoff time. It was awesome all yep. day. You know what, though, JP? It got quiet in there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> before, when before that big play on defense, that, they were all sitting there. I know what they were thinking. Here they go again. They were all – everybody in that place was thinking it because it sounded really quiet for a little period of time there. Well, Pete, the Titans were – the Titans were two first downs away from icing it. Right. 
Yeah, I true. mean, that's all they needed was to get a couple first downs and the game was over. But, I mean, that was a great play by Rayshon Jenkins. And, uh, and you know, it was close, by the way. It was close. I mean, it was a fumble, but it was close. It was an open yeah, hand. He definitely did not control the ball when the ball started coming forward. And that's all that needs to happen. But it worked out. The Jaguars got a big play on defense when they needed it inside three minutes to go fourth quarter and won the game 20-16. to We've got plenty ahead. We're going to get the offense back on track when we come back and see what Trevor Lawrence is about. We'll hear from the quarterback after the game and see what the Jags can do against the Chargers moving ahead. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIProductions.com second hour we'll have your social media questions we'll keep it real plenty ahead we're off and running it's jaguars happy hour presented by jet home loans on the jaguars digital network i'm excited just you know for for this team to get to get that opportunity to continue to show who we are and um just like i said just to get a chance to play again you know the 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 field gets whittled down next week and get a shot to, to play whoever it is it's going to be a good team coming in here so just excited for that and you know like you said played in big games and um, so it'll be a good good challenge for us but I'm really excited just to get another opportunity and you know we got a lot of stuff like I said to clean up and can de- definitely didn't play anywhere close to our best ball especially offensively tonight so I'm excited to kind of you know watch the tape and, and get back to it and, and clean up some some things. That's the quarterback, of course, Trevor Lawrence after the game Saturday night. Welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour on a Monday after a Jaguars win over the Titans for the AFC South title and the number four seed in the AFC playoffs. The Jaguars will host the L.A. Chargers in the AFC wildcard playoff game coming up Saturday at 8-15 at TIAA Bank Field. And for nine years, DreamFinders Homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com for all the available inventory and go Jags. Jaguars happy hour on a Monday. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli, and, uh, yes, Trevor Lawrence in the game on Saturday, 20 of 32, 212 through the air, had a touchdown, uh, rating over 92, and his numbers for the season, well, he finished seventh in the league in attempts and completions this year, ninth in passing yards, ninth in rating, eighth in passing touchdowns, and he's now the third Jaguars quarterback to go over 4,000 yards in a single season. So, uh, the, with the last few weeks, I mean, the Jets game, weather was certainly an issue. The Houston game was what it was. And then this past week, uh, maybe left a few things out there. The offense had some issues as a whole. How do they get back on track this week, guys? And, and how does Trevor especially get back to form? Uh, he didn't look good, but I don't think the offensive line played very well either. Uh, I thought they struggled a little bit. Um, I, I, you know, th- here's the other thing: they they didn't win as much in the passing game as I thought they would uh, against that defense. I thought they had opportunities to to beat those guys, and they didn't. They beat you know Kirk beat the one guy the one time, uh, but they didn't do enough of that. And and Trevor was a little off. I mean, he moved away from some pockets that were clean which stuff he was doing earlier in the year. It just wasn't a good performance by the offense. Well, the only thing I would add, Pete, is a couple things. One is they couldn't run the ball at all. And so that makes it difficult. When you, I mean, it, you don't have to run the ball all the time, but you have to at least have the threat around, and they couldn't get an inch. And that was an issue. And I think that got them out of a rhythm. 
Um, second, if Trevor, if the offensive line is really, they were good at times, but other times, especially in the second half, they kind of started falling apart a little bit. And there were a couple throws that Trevor's been hitting that he just flat missed that would have been touchdowns, and that's not a close game. Probably, it, you, you know, it's a two-possession game going in the fourth quarter. Zay Jones. Um, that was bad. That was a bad miss. Really a bad miss. And then the other one is the Kurt, is the Christian Kurt, who has two steps on. Uh, I think it was Fulton, and he, he completely underthrew it. Yeah, I I couldn't figure that one out. Was he worried about laying it out a little bit because of the safety? No, just if, took, if you look he at had pressure, if, right? If you get look at the replay, he got hit right in the mouth as he was throwing it. It just wasn't a wasn't a smooth performance. I didn't think. Uh, I thought Brandon Sheriff had a bad day. I thought, you yeah, know, yeah, he had a tough day. Those are yeah. two good. De- I mean, they're good defense tackles, but that was probably his worst game. Yeah, he wasn't good, and uh, I think that led to some problems. Fortner had some issues as well. Um, you know who didn't play played a pretty good game? Walker Little was okay. Yeah, I thought they were five tackle position. Yeah, yeah, the inside inside gave him some pressure, and I think that started getting into his head a little bit and he started speeding himself up a little bit. I thought it wasn't, it wasn't even as like he threw a ball into the, one of those passes he threw into the, the Marvin Jones shot was the best one of the night. The one in the middle of the field, Yeah, that was the best shot of the night, but he threw another one into the middle of the field that I thought he completed it, but it didn't look clean and crisp. You know, it was early in the game. It just didn't look like it was the same guy ripping it and he and and so I think he was just a little off and I bet you know I bet if you asked him he would have said that there there was some you know potential jittery kind of stuff there because he even talked about that in some interview he did with Jeff Darlington of ESPN how his confidence waned at points during the early part of the season he had to get that back he didn't look like he had his confidence on uh, against the Titans yeah I I think I I disagree with you there Pete I thought he was confident I just thought he missed a couple throws um and that couple with zero run game and the offensive line's kind of struggling um, at times. It makes it hard. It makes it hard to play offense. Like this, he's retreating and this this okay, this throw, it's an amazing throw, but the guy was open on the crossing route when he's in the pocket on that play. You saw it. Kirk was open on the crosser and he didn't he, he retreats to his to his left and throws makes it a much more difficult throw. That that's the kind of little things that he was doing. And by the way, it didn't help him that he went seven of eight on a drive, and they decided to pull out the old trickaroo oh, book. Here we go, <laughs> oh the one play per game, the the Pete hate play. We did as soon as they did it. I didn't. Say, I said it on there. I'm like, I don't like that play at all. <laughs> I mean, I as soon as the play happened, I looked at Twitter and I had. 15 tweets from Jaguar fans going, there's Pete's play. Pete, there's your play. There's your play. And I'm like, what in the hell are they doing? And, Tony, you watch the tape, I'm sure, right? I haven't yet. I had to travel. Okay, that play was either going to do one or two things. If it's run successfully, he walks in for a touchdown or the defensive end blows him up for a seven-yard loss. There's no in-between. It was no in-between. I think and, if, he, if, if, if a successful pitch, I think it's a touchdown. Well, they blocked it. To, it was blocked up to a touchdown other than the defensive end. who He would have had to make there's, there's no chance he was getting that. I don't know. The defensive end's bearing down on it a little bit. But it's it's here nor there. It's still a bad play. The guy – wasn't Trevor Lawrence 7 of 8 on that drive before that? No, they, they were dicing him up. Yeah. Why, why stop? I, don't, I didn't like it either, Pete. I, I have no answer. It's 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 our our weekly visit to Philly specialitis. 
<laughs> and he guy's such a good play caller. Why does he, he he has to start overruling himself? You know, he's got to you know how like you have the good guy over here and the bad guy over here in life. Do it. Don't do it. Do it. Don't do it. He's got to have the good guy on the other side saying to himself, don't do it, Doug. Don't do it. Just play football. They should let me have like input into his ear. Don't do it. Do not do it. No Philly special itis today, Doug. And I sent that out on Sunday. And I, I sent a tweet out saying, what a great play. After watching the tape, he's such a great play caller. But every game, there's one. And the Eagle fans went nuts on me. They just went nuts on me. How? Agreeing or disagreeing? No, because, they, oh, that play won a Super Bowl. And they didn't get what I said, meant by it is that right. he's still, he's, right. it's become a thing with him. Yeah, you didn't really. like the play. Tony didn't like the play. JP, you'd be lying if you said you liked the play. Yeah, he was actually perfect on the drive. He had not missed a pass. Yeah, I mean, why stop it? Go, go. Get guys hot as can be. And I, in my mind, I think if they keep going there and score a touchdown with him ripping it, they're gonna. He's gonna continue to do that. And there's gonna be no problem the rest of the way. No, I, I really, I'm with you, Pete. I thought there was like three or four plays that made that a close game where it could be easily gone the other way for the Jags. You know, with Zay Jones, the Philly, you know, the trick play uh, fumble, and then missing Kirk when he's got a couple steps. And you're right. I don't think I don't think Trevor lost any confidence in that game at all. I just don't think he was at his top level. I do think he missed a cross or two here or there. I saw a couple misses. Um, but some of that's also due to the fact that they were getting pressure right in his face. And when you get pressure in your face, it's hard to play quarterback. A question. Yeah. Um, Jaguars is, had issues in the running game. Obviously, you guys mentioned that. It's a really good run defense in Tennessee. But the, the Chargers, at least in the regular season, did not rate very well in that department. Can ETN get it They're going terrible. this week? Yes. They, they better. They have, they have to good. run the ball. If they don't run the ball, those two guys pin their ears back and go, you got big problems. Yeah. They got two good pass rushers. They're not good against the run. You know, this is a game. We need 150 plus rushing yards. And you should get it. I mean, they're average. They give up an average 145. Yeah, they're bad. It doesn't matter who they, what they do. They they replace guys. They sign free agents. They draft linebackers. They still can't stop the run. Doesn't matter. No. They just can't stop the run. And, you know, Tony, I thought the one run where ETN tripped, he was going to rip that for a long one. That was a long game. Remember when he tripped? He got the first down because he kind of lunged forward a little bit. They blocked well, that was, one well, and he had a, he well, should have. This is what I wonder if it was nerves because if you look at the first third down, Zay Jones – easily gets it if he doesn't get his feet kind of stumbling and bumbling. And you're right, ETN on that first run, outside run, he, it might, I'm not saying it's a house call, but it's a 20-plus yard run. He, yeah. It, it, it was almost like their brains were moving faster than their feet. Um, you know, that happens sometimes when you've got a bunch of excitement, anxiety, and emotion in a big game like that. And I felt like they, you know, probably needed to settle down a little bit, but then they just never got a rhythm. No, um, it looked disjointed the whole game, and yeah. other than other than when he went seven for seven on the one drive and they took him out of the rhythm. I mean, hey JP, hey. did they get a first down in the second half? Was the Jaguars' offense. Let's see here. Let's go through it. Yeah, yeah, they did. One many though. There weren't many yeah, though. They did well, remember they got a field goal? Right, but there yeah, weren't the opening, many. Though. Opening drive, they had a yeah, they had a twelve. There weren't any drive. in the fourth quarter. I don't think. 
Then they had, yeah, in the third quarter they had another first down. Oh, and in, then the they quarter, in the fourth quarter they didn't have any, I don't think. Okay, well, you didn't say that. You said the second half. Okay, but so I was saying the, the third quarter. I can only go one drive at a time, Pete. What do you want me to do? Like, just go through the whole thing and not, not got to go through yeah. it all. Fourth quarter, um, three and out, three and out. Um, yeah, punt return or a fumble return, and then uh, ball game. Neil. Yeah, no first downs in the fourth quarter. That's bad. But, you got to get first downs. But defense situations. was doing the gotta, same thing, right? I mean, defense was doing the same thing at that same time, so it wasn't like they were giving up points and, and losing ground. Yeah, but you're playing a, a guy, a third-team quarterback off the street, and you got Trevor Lawrence. There's a big difference there. I mean, come on, let's be real. Uh, I mean, no. He, he got to be better on offense. If, you're, if you play like that on offense against the Chargers, you're losing. No, I, I agree with that, Pete. But let's give Mike Rabel some credit, too. Yeah, I mean, they had a good game plan. They executed it. I mean, defensively, they were outstanding. They made adjustments from the first game. You know, they did exactly what they had to do, make it a grinded-out game, you know, get some stops on defense, try to get the lead, keep it one possession, so that they can, didn't have to take any put any pressure on Josh Dobbs. I mean, I thought they did a great job. Did What did you think of what they did differently in that game on defense? They t- they they took away the middle a little bit with with uh, Ingram for sure. Yeah, I thought there there was definitely a, for- a focus on Ingram um, in the middle of the field, and I, I can't I can't tell you because I didn't watch the tape in de- in really closely to tell you exactly what they did differently. Differently, they played their standpoint. zones a lot. They played their zones a lot better. I know that much because and and I don't think Jacksonville did a great job. You know, Tony, when you tell receivers sit down, sit yeah. down, they didn't do a great job of sitting down at least early in that game. I didn't think. Um, and, and yeah, they, I, I just, I thought in general, they're just off offensively. They yeah. just did not seem in a rhythm. No, that can't, ha- again, it can't happen against the Chargers. You're going home. That's my theory on it. All right. Let's come yep. back in a moment. Jaguars defense got it done in the second half against Tennessee. We'll break some of their play down and what to expect against Justin Herbert and the playmakers of the Chargers. Jaguars playoff tickets for the AFC wildcard playoff game. Are available limited tickets and standing room at last check are available, but going extremely fast, as you might imagine. Visit Jaguars.com or call 904-633-2000. And good luck, by the way. Should be a great scene and a sold-out crowd again this Saturday night for the wildcard playoff game between the Chargers and the Jags. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. I think we kind of knew back, like, to be real, like, I think kind of back in training camp, we kind of had this, you know, this, this, this type of swag, this type of aura that we was going to make it far. And, uh, you know, we knew those five games, that five-game stretch that we had, we were just we, we had to find a way to win. And I think we weren't finding those ways to win at that moment. I think they were learning lessons. Um, like I said, man, when you lose, you find, you find, you find opportunities. And, uh, you know, when we put back in that situation again, we capitalized, so we wanted we wanted in overtime. You know, we, we we seventeen down, ten down. You know, kept a lead, blow. So it's like you got to find a way to win. And right now, we finding multiple ways to win. And and, and by the end of the day, we just got to get the job done. That's Josh Allen, Jaguars outside linebacker, fourth year, and he has been a man possessed the last five games. Twenty tackles, three sacks, five tackles for loss, nine quarterback hits, two forced fumbles in that time, and of course two fumble recoveries, and the one, of course, the game winner. 
against the Tennessee Titans. He had six sacks total for the season, half of those in the final month plus. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Frisco, and Tony Baselli. The Jaguars are AFC South champions. They will host an AFC wildcard playoff game Saturday night, 8-15 kickoff time against the Los Angeles Chargers. And Josh Allen turned it around. I mean, middle of the season, the stats just weren't there. He was getting close, but not quite getting home. But Pete, the last month plus, we talk about this the last few weeks, but his impact was felt near the end of that game on Saturday night. Oh, no, it was felt. All game. Yeah, he, he's back to being the guy we thought we would see all year. He, w- he was outstanding on uh, on uh, Saturday night. And, and again, he's a really good football player, and, and I think his numbers are starting to show uh, that he's back because he, he was doing some good things. It wasn't like he was awful early in the season, but this is the guy we expected to see, the one we've seen the last couple of weeks. And I was impressed with what we saw from him. Uh, and, you know, the defense as a whole was outstanding, but Josh Allen was – probably the best guy on the field the other night well pete i think it was also if you know if you look at this year it's like a seven to nine game stretch where he was not bad to your point but just not impactful like okay nice player but not nothing that you would say hey he's a game changer and you know he impacts the game in a, a big way last four weeks that's changed that's flipped um and he's been super impact, and he, impactful and he's gonna have to be that guy especially this week against the los angeles chargers when you have a guy like Herbert sitting back there, you can't let him be comfortable. And so, you know, you got to get pushing on the interior, obviously. But Josh Allen's going to need to have a big game. And I thought Trayvon Walker played well. I agree. He was super disruptive in the run game. He is so big and physical that they could not handle him with a tight end. And he had some decent rushes, nothing great, but decent rushes. Um, That was one of his better games. Yeah, I I thought he played very well. He was impactful. Um, and he had a tackle for loss. You know, Josh Allen, last four weeks, you know, we're worried about the playoffs right now, but at some point we'll talk about this offseason. He's going to this fifth year. Do you let him just play out that fifth year, or do you try to sign him to a long-term deal right now? It's It'll be interesting after the last four weeks, and if they make a playoff run, let's say they go win, you know, well, they'd have, to be, they'd have to win and probably beat Kansas City next week. So if he went in and had two sacks against Mahomes and they won that game, then you're sitting there saying, uh-oh, maybe we need to pay him. Or he, he gets like a two, couple sacks of Herbert. Yeah. Yeah. This is a money run for him. I mean, kudos to him. It's, uh, it's happening at the right time. People are watching him. So I think you have to find a way to keep him. I well, I mean, you don't have to – I mean, you can keep under the fifth year. You can wait. This make year. him play next year, and he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would not show up for camp. No, he's a that's that's what the he's the type of guy you need on your team. Right. He's a great locker room guy. He practices hard. It's important. I'm convinced he was playing through injury. I'm just convinced. I'm, I, I'm I, I tend to agree with you because this this guy that we're seeing now is not the guy we saw early in the season. And he wants to be here, Pete. He wants to be in Jacksonville. Like, you need to keep guys who want to be here. I, I think they'll find a way to keep him. Uh, and, and I think they would extend him because uh, eventually, because you'd like to keep him around. Walker played much better. Arden Key continues to make plays, man. He, he's a good football player. That's a good guy to have in your rotation. And I think Hamilton has played really well down the stretch. Um, and... Corey Peters made yeah. some plays he the other night. He had seven tackles yeah, he, in the game, guys. He was seven. all over the place. I'm like, who is this guy? Yeah, I told. Remember, I mentioned him last week, and you kind yeah. of poo pooed it. Yeah, I did. You did. <laughs> I said he's been playing pretty good football. I mean, they picked him up, and he's been a good addition. They're, you know, all of a sudden you look at that front, and they're pretty good. 
I mean, they're physical. Roy Robertson Harris didn't have the kind of game I thought he would have. He he wasn't as good as he's been. Um, you know, the linebackers were you're still getting those mistakes here and there. And Muma Muma made a play in the backfield. That was a hell of a play. But he so, has to make that tackle in the open field on that one. And it felt like, and again, I didn't watch the tape, Pete, but it felt like we were struggling covering the tight ends at the linebacker oh, position. Oh man, they were they well, had most of the catches for the Titans. Well, you know what that is. That's a classic case of a young, aggressive defense that you kind of get going with the flow and you come back the other way with the tight end. You know that. Yeah. Now, you guys lost a game to them once through the exact it's 30 years ago. and You lost the same exact way. That's what they do. They've always done that. And But you're right. The, the linebackers cover – Lloyd gets lost. Even on – God, there was a play where he fell down. Like in coverage, he tripped. Do you remember that? And and it might have even been on. It might have even been on the on the on the uh, sack fumble. It, it might have been on that play because if you play that play, I think he's dropping into his drop and he's actually tripping over his own feet. I mean, it, it's just bad things. Bad things happen at times, and uh, and and that, that's a lot of youth at that linebacker spot. No matter which one's playing, and Muma played more, by the way. Yeah, I think Muma's better right now, and I think Muma. Ha- if you're against the Chargers, I'd start Muma because he's better in coverage. He's more sound. Like, and you better be in coverage because, boy, they will slice and dice you. If well, you're not and, and Eckler, and Eckler is dangerous as hell. I mean, yep. in that passing game, he could do so many things. And and I thought the two corners were outstanding the other night. Now that's not exactly the greatest receiving group in the world, but they were they were they've been really. By the way, the two of them have been really good in the last month of the season together, well, both of them. Well, I, I think Tyson Campbell has played, for the most part, really good this year, and the back half has been outstanding. He's playing better with his back to the ball. He's finding the ball. Remember early in the season and last year, he really struggled in man on those deep routes of turning. He'd be in the perfect position, but yep. identifying and finding it. Boy, he is night and day. He is so much better at that. And Darius Williams has been so much better since they put him outside. Well, he's an outside corner, Pete. Someone on the show was saying that for weeks. <laughs> it's just amazing. And then the two safeties, Rayshon Jenkins just shows up and makes big plays. And and Cisco's a much better player than he was in the early part of the season. Yeah, they're improving. That that's the scary thing if you're playing them. And if you're even if you're Kansas City or somebody, you see these guys. I keep saying this, but it reminds me of '96 a little bit. You can see it starting to get the confidence, and they're starting because this is only for what they're going to be for the next decade. This is only scratching this, or at least for the next five years or whatever. This is only scratching the surface of what they can be. It really is, but you can see it. Young guys are starting to believe in themselves, and Tony, that's exactly what happened to your team. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And you know, look, if you if you win this week, you'd go play a team you're probably going to be a double digit underdog to or at least 9, not going to be it's not going to be 16, but it'd be 9, same kind of scenario. But how many people have the Chiefs in the Super Bowl already? A lot. Got the MVP? I mean, that Broncos team was was Terrell Davis was the MVP that was he the MVP that year? No, nah, I don't think he no? was the first year. No. no. Not 96. He was a rookie. No, no not that year. That's no, year. that was his second year. Yeah. Uh, it was the third. Uh, the That's next right. Year 98, he was. Yeah, 97, 98 he was. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's the same type of scenario. And it's just a bunch of young guys starting to believe in themselves. That's well, what Pete, it is. If you're asking me who I think the favorite in AFC to win the Super Bowl is, Buffalo. Is, the, is the Bengals. 
You're all over the Bengals. I, I Joe Burrow. I worry about their offensive line a little bit, though. Uh, yeah, no, it's fair. I'm not saying that. I mean, I think Joe Burrow is outstanding. But what about the quarterbacks in the AFC playoffs, by the way? I mean, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, uh, Herbert, Lawrence. And Lamar, if he's playing. We don't know if he's playing. Right, but if he's playing, think about that. That's an MVP at the bottom with the seven, an emerging star, Herbert, who's been a star already, and then and then the rest of them have all elevated themselves to star. That's that's the elite of the elite in, in you know football right there. That's what that is. I mean, you go to the NFC, Hurts had a great year. Uh, Dak Prescott's not playing well. Tom Brady hasn't played well. Is right. at the end. Brock Purdy. The David best, Jones. the be, the best five quarterbacks in the NFL are in the AFC. Wow, you're putting you're putting a certain somebody in that five. Yep. Well, he won one of the best last week. I didn't say last week. But so you put Trevor Lawrence in the top five quarterback right now in the National Football League. Yes. So you'd put him ahead. You take him ahead of Hertz. Yes. It would. Wow. There you go. He's definitely one of the top five okay. in the play. Who would you take, Hertz or him? Hertz or who? Or Lawrence? Uh, I would take Lawrence. Okay. Then why are you looking at <laughs> me mean, like that? But because my style is different, though. It doesn't mean he's played better. My style's different. Uh, Josh Allen didn't play great yesterday. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Is he a top five quarterback? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Hey, look, you can make a case for Lawrence. I, I understand it. Make a case. It's a fact. Tell me who. <laughs> okay, he hasn't the played. Same he, Trevor Lawrence has Pete, not played Pete, better than Jalen Hurts this year. Pete, I'm, I'm just going to do. I'm going to ask you a very simple question. You answer the question. Right. Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, in some order, top four quarterbacks in the NFL. Yes. Okay. So now let's, let's go through the rest. Um, who are you taking? Lawrence or Hurts? Me? I'm yeah. taking Lawrence because I don't Who like that. Who are you taking? Brady or Lawrence? But, but let me ask you oh, this, oh, 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 Just answer the question. Lawrence for the future. Lawrence or Purdy? Per- oh, come on. Uh, Lawrence or Lamar Jackson? I don't like the style, so I take Lawrence. Lawrence or Tua? Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence or Dak Prescott? Lawrence. Lawrence or Aaron uh, Rodgers? For the long term, Next Lawrence. Year. Lawrence. Okay, so tell me who's tell okay, me but, who's ahead but of him. Lawrence hasn't played better than Jalen Hurts this year. I didn't say that. I said he's one of the top five quarterbacks going in the playoffs. Value wise, value wise, he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. Yes. I'm saying if you're picking teams, right, and you're yes. picking court, yeah, and fit. I would. But if you're picking an MVP, he's not one of the top five. I'm not Jalen saying Hurts the MVP. I'm saying he, Jalen Hurts, you just discount Jalen Hurts. He's played better than him this year. Let's come back. We've got uh, plenty of time for this I discussion love- ahead. We've got a whole other hour coming up as well. Uh, we'll come back in a moment. We'll take a look at some of the history of the Jaguars' playoff runs. Second hour, we'll have your social media questions, of course, and much more. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150, loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between. This truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, 
And this is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. That was exactly our season right there. There were ups, there were downs, and now there's celebrations, right? And we had, we had all three. We had all three during the course of the year. But you know what? My hat is off to every single one of you in this room. I'm proud of you, you guys for the way you handled this week. I am. I am. And, uh, you know, listen, you know, you're AFC South champs, baby. <laughs> There you have it, locker room celebration. Head coach Doug Peterson with a speech after a Jaguars win over the Tennessee Titans. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Briscoe, and Tony Baselli, PRI Productions. The Southeast full-service event company has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIProductions.com and learn more. And if you're watching us on Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, a live look outside. At a beautiful afternoon overlooking the Miller Electric Center. It will open for business summer of 2023. Just months away from the big move over to the new facility for the football teams. Indoor facility looking great. The uh, outdoor grandstand with a cover on it will be ready for training camp, we're told. And uh, should be fantastic for this team moving ahead. And uh, country superstar Kenny Chesney comes back to Jacksonville April 14th. Tickets on sale now. Limited tickets available for the I Go Back Tour with special guest Kelsey Ballerini. Daily's Place, the site, of course, dailiesplace.com. All right, so the uh, Jaguars have won their fourth division title in franchise history. Two of those in the AFC Central, 98-99, of course. Tony was a part of those. And then 2017, the AFC South title for the Jaguars. They've done it now for a second time in this division. This will be the eighth season the Jaguars have made the playoffs all time. And, uh, you know, they all obviously have ended short of the Super Bowl, three AFC championship game appearances and uh, losses, two of those, 96 and 99, and then the 2017 season as well. So, you know, as you guys said earlier, it's just about getting in the tournament and, you know, taking advantage of the situation in front of you. First primetime home playoff game in Jaguars history. They've had four other playoff games here at the bank. So take advantage of this, right, Pete? Well, you know what, JP, when you look at the three times they've been in the championship game, the two times that they had the best chance to win, they weren't the best team that they had. In other words, the 99 team was much better than 96 and much better than 17. But 96 and 17 had real shots to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's right. Right? I mean, they played New England in that one game. They should have won that game The first, in 96. They were the better team. Should have won that game. And then in 2017, was Miles Jack down? That's the question. They would have won that game. And so – and then the best team was the 99 team, and that team got rocked in that game. I mean, they got they got dominated after the second quarter. So no, it wasn't the second quarter. It was in the second half. Third quarter. Third quarter. When they – after the safety. After yep. the safety. Yeah. That's right. After the fight in the locker room at halftime and then the safety. <laughs> <laughs> Pete's really too, too happy about that, Tony. I, Tony's not really laughing. I, I actually honestly have no idea about it because I was up with my knee – 
in a brace tearing my ACL. You have an idea about it. Don't don't fool you. You you weren't there, but you know the story. Not the specifics. I really don't. I don't really care. <laughs> Pete, what's the story no, for, for those who weren't around? What's your side of the story, Pete? Reggie Barlow fumbled a punt. Coach Reggie Barlow, by the way, going into the hall, his college hall of fame. Congrats to him. Reggie Barlow fumbled a punt, and they came in at halftime. And Larry Smith, who was uh, certifiably um, out of his mind at times decided he was going to get into it with Barlow for fumbling. And next thing you know, you had the two units going at each other. And there was a little scuffle in the locker room at, at, at the halftime. And then they came out and they had the safety. And then the kick returned. The franchise wasn't ever the same. <laughs> I mean, that's the bottom line. <laughs> Once Derek Mason ripped the kick, you guys could – those shoes you kept from Atlanta, you could have put them away because you, you didn't need them anymore. <laughs> it wasn't Bruce? a good situation. No. And yeah. you were the better team. That's to, to, I'll take that to my grave. The Jacksonville Jaguars in '99 were the better team, and in fact, they would have won the whole thing. You would have beat the Rams. You had the number one. People forget you had the number one defense. You had that offense. You were the better team. Yeah, but we didn't get it done. So no. Well, if Coughlin didn't have his players fighting at halftime, maybe they would have got. Well, it. I, I always, I always, uh, I always tell Brunel. I said, listen, if I, if I wouldn't have been hurt, we would have won. <laughs> he he still would have thrown it into the stomach of uh, the guy in the end because that was when you had him. Remember, he you went right down the field the second time and Mark threw an end zone interception. Was it Marcus Robertson who picked it off? Yeah, it would have been it would have been fourteen nothing. Yeah, game was over and that turned the turned the tide and then you had the fumble punt at the end of the half. Well, as as Trevor Lawrence said last week, he was three months old when all that happened. So they're forging their own path now, Pete. They can't worry. Of course, the players don't worry about. Well, that, that makes Tony. That makes Tony sixty. Then. <laughs> well, no fifty. <laughs> it makes me seventy. <laughs> but it, but that's the way they should view it. That has nothing to do. That's what I've always said. People are like, oh, it's the curse. It's this or that or that did this. I, I don't listen. I know people believe in that crap. I don't. And in the only. The only way that has any power is if you allow it. And the and I give Doug Peterson and this group credit. They don't buy any of that crap. They're doing their own thing. No, but my, should. my thing about that was is that you can get hot at the right time and become a legitimate threat to go to the Super Bowl. Because you guys in nine, that ninety nine team was much better than two thousand seventeen and, and, and nineteen ninety six. And those two teams had almost at at the end of the fourth quarter they had chances to win those games. Yep. The '99 team didn't, so that just shows oh, you, you got to get hot at the right time. You got to get hot. You said it earlier in the show. Get a hot quarterback, get hot at the right time, and you can make a little run. Right. Well, what's been great about this run and what they've done, and I know we only have a couple of seconds, gotta hurry. is is that this team, regardless of what happens in the playoffs, will go into the next year as the favorite of the AFC and believe they're one of the best teams in the AFC. All right, second hour coming up. More with Tony and Pete after this. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Now that you're in the tournament, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay? What matters what matters now is, is is just handling your business one day at a time. I said a week ago when we left Houston, just be you. Don't change. Be who you are. More than ever, that's what we have to do. We have to be us. 
Okay, we have to be us. Are there some things to clean up? Sure, there's things to clean up, but you know what? We're going to celebrate this one. We're going to celebrate this one. That's the head coach, Doug Peterson, of course, in the locker room after a Jaguars win over the Tennessee Titans to secure the AFC South. And it's hour number two of Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, and Tony Vaselli coming up. The Jags are the division champions after a 20-16 win in Week 18. And it took a strong defensive performance, only three points allowed in the second half. Two second-half takeaways, including the Rayshon Jenkins sack fumble that Josh Allen returned 37 yards for the game-winning score with inside three minutes to play in the fourth quarter. It's the fourth division title in franchise history, two back in the AFC Central, now two in the AFC South, and the eighth season the Jaguars have made the playoffs. It will be only the fifth-ever playoff game in Jacksonville. The Jags are 3-1 and one in the previous four. It's an 8-15 kickoff time Saturday. Al Michaels, Tony Dungy on the call on NBC and Paramount+. Plus. And national radio coverage on Westwood One. And Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson spoke with the media today. How about getting set for the Chargers a second time this season? Just from an X's and O's standpoint, you know, and, and personnel standpoint, kind of how how we attack them, how they attacked us, you know, both sides of the ball and special teams. And then you kind of look at the whole body of work since, you know, and, and if there's anything that's changed and why it changed and, um, you know, and then you, you put your game plan together, you know, that way and according to that. And, um, you know, this is a good football team. Um, you know, they got a great young quarterback as well. And, and uh, you know, um, just uh, I know they'll be, they'll be ready to go. They're looking forward to this opportunity just like we are. The full Doug Peterson press conference from today available on Jaguars.com and Jaguars social media. Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli back with us now. Of course, the Jaguars blasted the Chargers back in week three, 38 to 10. That was out in L.A. That is so long ago now. The personnel's different. A lot of things have changed uh, for both sides. So uh, as Doug said there, you take a peek at it and then uh, take a look at what has changed. Uh, You know, uh, there's one guy on the show that guaranteed a Jaguars playoff run, and it was back on December 12th, and we have it for you right now. So go ahead. And here we go. <laughs> here we go. The Jags are lost to the playoffs. Oh, my God. She's done it. Oh, my God. She's done it. That was back on December 12th, and uh, it worked out. Way to go, Tony. Yeah, before I before I gloat about nailing the playoffs, um, I want to make a couple comments from what Doug said. Just listening to his post game uh, remarks, and I've found myself thinking this several times this year. And I and I was fortunate enough to play for, which I believe is a Hall of Fame. Ultimately, will be in the Hall of Fame. Coach Tom Coughlin, one yes. of the great coaches ever to coach in the NFL. Yes. there's no debate about that, in my opinion. I would have loved to play for Doug Peterson. And I can see why the players love to play for him. This, this team wants to be here. They want to be on his team. I would have loved to play for Doug Peterson, of how he handles the team, how he handles situations. And I would have loved to be a left tackle in his system. It is a friendly offensive line system. They move the pocket. They play action pass. They, they're creative. They put pressure on the defense. They force them to – they can't just pin their ears back all the time. I mean, you talk about a great system with a great head coach. And Phil Rauscher, the offensive line coach, who I know the most about because, you know, coaches offensive line, 
is will be known soon, in my opinion, is one of the better offensive line coaches if he's not already known that. I probably inner circles know that, but the the rest of the league's gonna know that. One of the best offensive line coaches that I've seen. This would be a great place to play. And I say that just, you know, it would be I, I as a player, I'd have loved it. It would have been great. I think it translate it translates in the futures future. That will get around the league. Guys will know this is a place you want to be. You have a franchise quarterback. You have a great head coach with good coaches. You have an owner who spends money, who makes it player friendly. This will be, I'm telling you right now, this, this year has been huge. It's, it's accomplished more than I ever thought it would. My goal this year was establish Trevor as the quarterback of the future and franchise, just erase everyone's doubts, because it was never a doubt in my mind. But after the, the, year, the year under Urban, you know, people were, were squawking. And early in the season, people were squawking. So establish that. Check that box. Play meaningful games in December. Well, they did more than that. They went to, they're going to the playoffs. Um, I mean, those are my two big things. Now add to what they've done. They've changed the culture. They changed the environment. They're starting to change how people look at Jacksonville. And I and they're going to create a, a place where free agents want to come. People are going to say, and you'll get veterans when, the, when they know they have two or three years left saying, you know what, I'll go play for a little bit less at Jacksonville because it's a great city. It's a great organization. They have a great coach. And they have a franchise quarterback. I have a chance to win a championship at Jacksonville. I believe that was all established this year. I really do. And we were and I we were closing out the last the last hour and, and we had to go. This year is established, and I think the belief is in that building, in that locker room, regardless of what happens here on out, that they're gonna be the the, the best team in the AFC South next year, and they are gonna believe that they should be winning the division and competing for a Super Bowl because they they they'll feel like they're one of the best teams in the AFC. That's what happened in ninety-six. When we left 96, yeah, we fell short of the Super Bowl. We came back in 97. It's like, we're like, we're gonna win a division. We're gonna go, we're gonna go compete for the Super Bowl. And and not only that, Tony, Trevor Lawrence gives them sustainable success for the decade. Now you gotta do it right, but they're gonna be in the mix. You you have that quarterback, you can be in the mix for a long time. You gotta supplement them, you gotta be good with the cap. And they have some cap issues right now. Let's not fool anybody. They have cap issues that they're going to have to deal with. But you can make the cap work any way you want to. And you have an owner who wants to spend money or, you know, he can spend money. That makes it a lot easier to deal with the cap because you can go cash over cap and, and kind of, you know, pay out those bonuses and kind of ease up the cap. So it's more than capable of being handled. But that quarterback does that to you. You, you look at the other teams in the AFC South. Look at the quarterback situation. One's going to have a rookie quarterback. One has uncertainty. The Titans, who knows who's playing quarterback for them. And look at the disaster that is the Indianapolis Colts quarterback situation. Jacksonville's the favorite. They should be. And not only that, they'll be the favorite in years going forward because that's what Trevor Lawrence does to them. So but, I'm but, with you, Tony. But And I, I think it's more than just the quarterback, Pete. I think that's a huge part. I'm with you about sustainability. You have to have that. You and I agree 100%. I'm going to add the head coach. Having the right head coach is, is, is huge. I agree. I agree. And because, and I'm not saying anything bad about Brandon Staley at all, but that organization is now on year three of having Justin Herbert, and they're just now making the playoffs for the first time. And they, it wasn't like they knocked it out of the park this year. 
And so and you are saying something bad about Brandon Staley. No, he's a young. I mean, I, I mean, I usually do. So I'll be honest about it. I do. I think he, he got last year he was out of control with his going for it on fourth down. He makes some really strange decisions in games. And I thought he was. Why did he play everybody on Sunday? Yeah, but I don't want to make it about Brandon Staley. My point is, I want to make it about Doug Peterson. Yeah, Doug, that's your point. Like, though. Have, You're using two one against the other. Having the combination of Doug Peterson with Trevor Lawrence. With an owner that is committed and has the resources to make sure you have all the tools to win, that's what every franchise dreams about. That's what we've been asking for here in Jacksonville for years. We have it. It's here. I didn't see, I didn't see you mention the general manager. Well, I was talking because we were talking about the. <laughs> no, I mean, look, we've all been critical of Trent Balky. Let's be honest about it. We have been, we've knocked him. We've, 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 I mean, he was the clown. They had clown faces of him last year, but let's be real. He made some pretty good signings this year. He made some ones that are suspect and you got a question. We've questioned his draft picking of linebackers, but when you look at their offense, he brought in Evan Ingram, he brought in Zay Jones, he brought in Christian Kirk for that. He should be applauded. He got ripped to shreds for all those. Remember? Well, they're, they're not in the playoffs without those guys. No, not not even close. And I said it. I said it on the broadcast um, at the end of the game, and I mentioned Trent Baalke. I think you're exactly right, uh, Pete. I think you have to give Trent Baalke and the scouts credit because those three that you just mentioned, um, and I think the only one that was really criticized was the Christian Kirk because of how much they spent. Say Jones was a little bit too, Tony. The one, the one-year deal for Ingram wasn't, but Zay Jones no. was a little bit. Okay, I didn't, I didn't, I don't remember that. I, I trust you. You pay attention to that more than I do. But Christian Kirk for sure. But those three guys are absolute studs, and they're not. To your point, they are not in the playoffs without those three. It just doesn't happen. And you do have to give um, Trent Baalke credit for that. I also think you get give him credit for a Lucon. I, I because I was. When they signed Lucon, I was I wasn't against it, but I was shaking my head a little bit because I always worry about hiring the best player off the worst defense in the NFL because he makes tackles. Because someone has to make tackles, and when you're bad, sometimes that guy can do it. But Lucon has been a very stabilizing force in that defense, and I'm not saying he's a superstar, like big play, like knock you out type of linebacker, but he is damn good. And he's a guy who is steady, makes plays, gets people lined up. He's consistent. He plays every single snap. And the dude is a tackling machine. I give Trent Baalke and the and his staff a ton of credit for that signing as well. You got I mean But Darius Williams now too, if you look at it where he's playing yeah, in the last five, six weeks. It was a bad signing for ten weeks. It was a good signing for seven weeks. But here's the problem I have with that Pete, I, I think you have to have plans for guys. When you sign him, like I'll go back to I'll go back to the Trayvon Walker. You signed him to be a stand-up outside linebacker, something he didn't do in college, and to be a pass rusher. He didn't do that in college. Now I'm happy Trayvon Walker is on the team because he's disruptive as hell, and I think he once you find the right position fit for him, he's going to be dominant. But you should have a plan when you bring someone in. They and their plan was to bring Darius Williams in as a nickel, and that was the wrong plan. It was a bad plan. It's worked out, and he's played outstanding football outside. But when you brought him in, don't forget, you had a high-priced free agent in Shaq 
right. And Shaq Griffin outside playing your other starting quarter opposite Tyson Campbell. So I'm not. I don't want to get. Yeah, into no, we things. can ping them. We can ping them for some things. There's no question. Yeah, but ping them for drafting the two linebackers. I mean, that was that was that's never been a good plan. We never. I never. I will never get off of that one. You 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 traded up to get Lloyd and you drafted another one. That that made no sense to me. And the third rounder is probably going to start in the playoffs over the first rounder that you traded up for. Um, but I don't want to be negative because like. Give, well, you got to give. You're going to give them credit. You got to give them the. You know, much, I like I'm, the negative too. I'm going back to your point. We've done enough of the beating it up when they were struggling. Overall, if you look at the season, they won nine games. They won the division, and guys that were brought in at free agents were key to that. And that is Trent Balky's responsibility. And give Trent Balky credit for doing a good job of picking and acquiring the right players that fit Doug Peterson's offense and what he wanted to do. Signing Aluakon to bring us bring bring some stability at the linebacker position, the middle linebacker, because we did not have a middle linebacker here for years that could do that. And he you got you gotta tip your hat to Trent for doing those two things. Question. Question. Knowing what you know now about Walker Little, was extending Cam Robinson a mistake? Well, that's it's tough to say, Pete, because he couldn't beat out the right tackle in training camp. Well, and the right tackle has since gone on and had a heck of a, been the better tackle of the two. Right. I and mean, he's been the best tackle on the team. But the way Maybe he, there was a reason he couldn't have beat him out. Well, but the way he played, I don't think he would have beat out Cam Robinson either. He was not better. He was not better than Cam Robinson. In the summer. In the summer or at any Has point. he been better than Cam Robinson in the last four weeks of the season? I don't think so. No. I, but, but I don't think there's been a fall off. Uh, not, not not that big a difference. He's he's been as good in pass protection. I thought last week. Yeah. I thought he was better last week. He he was good on he was good on Sunday or Saturday. And well, and here's the big here's the big test. This week's the biggest test the young man's had. You know what? You once had a big test like that in the big playoff game. Yeah, <laughs> and you made you earned your stripes in that game. And by the way, if I'm Walker Little, I would relish this opportunity. You, you'll probably be as nervous as hell I was when I had to go face Bruce Smith. And that, by the way, Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack are not Bruce Smith. No, they're not. Uh, but they're, they're Nick really, Bosa might be. Huh? <laughs> Nick Bosa. Nick, might Nick be. Bosa. Yeah. Nick Bosa <laughs> might be close to that. Uh, but, but Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack are, all, you know, pro bowl level players, consistent pro bowl level players. It's a great test for both tackles. And I think it's a great opportunity for Walker Little to go say, hey, listen, I'm the starting tackle here. Yeah, one one quick thing, JP. Yes. I know you met you referenced you had Doug referencing the first time they met and how things have changed. Don't forget, Herbert had rib injury that day. Yes, he did. And he didn't have he didn't have Mike Williams and he didn't have Keenan Allen in that They're game. Both out. Yep. That's a big that's a big difference. But they did I mean, think about this. Eckler only had what, what do you think? Eckler had five yards rushing and eight catches for 48 yards in that game. Right. I mean, you know, and, and then you think, okay, well, you had Bosa in, 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 in that game. You know what he had? He had one no. solo hey. tackle. He, was yeah, but he only played the first two series. Yeah, That's he right. Got he got hurt. hurt. He got hurt. And then Mac, Mac had four, four solo tackles. So, I thought, I thought Cam, Cam did a great job against Cleo Mack in that game. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it, they're different teams. We get it. But I think this Jacksonville team, even though that team 
beat the daylights out of them. I think this team is a better version than that team was. Mm. They're better on defense. Yeah, than they were. I think we're much better than we were at that time, but I think so are the Chargers. So are the Chargers. All right. Yep. We'll come back in a moment. That'll get us to our keeping it real segment, and we will compare the weapons on the offensive side for the Chargers and the Jaguars. A little later, your social media questions. Oh, we're rolling tonight after a Jaguars division title. A win over the Titans, the AFC South champion Jaguars will host the Chargers in an AFC wildcard playoff game this Saturday. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with Tony Vaselli and Pete Prisco. The Jaguars and the Chargers coming up in the AFC wildcard playoff game Saturday, 8-15. TIAA Bank Field Limited. Tickets available. Standing room only being sold even before Week 18. Another primetime game and another electric atmosphere on deck for the Jaguars at home this week. Time now for Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. Let's get into the matchup this week, guys. Justin Herbert versus Trevor Lawrence. This is a Pete Prisco kind of game if I've ever heard of one. So, who has the advantage with, first off, quarterback talent, the weapons around them, O-line, and play calling. Not necessarily in that order, but in general, Pete, who has the advantage in this one? Play calling first. Play, because I'm an offensive genius, that's why. Play calling is slam dunk for Doug Peterson. It's not even close. I hate the Chargers offense. It drives me up a wall. They, they, what they do, they take in a, a howitzer and, and they just make him pop gun it too much. So I hate their offense. I take Doug Peterson as a play caller. Offensive line, Jacksonville gets the edge with the offensive line. Running back, I'd probably go with Eckler because he can do so many different things. He's so valuable. Wide receivers, uh, I'd go with the Chargers when they're healthy. But now Mike Williams isn't healthy. He might, he's got a back issue. They said it was back spasms, but... The way he went off that field, Tony, he couldn't. I, have you ever had back spasms? Yeah, well, I said back surgery. So yeah, I know you had back surgery, but did you have back like with spasm? Where spasm? Could you play it, the next week? It was spasms. No, never when I played. Um, but I've had a back spasm, and you can't and like if it's bad, you can't move. So for how long though? Depends if it's just muscular and you can get it to relax. It can be pretty quick. If it's something structural, it's a bigger issue. Yeah, and so. So he got it, but I'd still give them the edge at wide receiver quarterback. Boy, that's a tough, I, I think the experience I'd probably lean to Herbert right now, but it's, it's close. I think Tony's right. It's close. I'd, I'd probably take Herbert though right now. So I would say um, play calling. It's not even close. Like Pete said, offensive line, the Jaguars are better running back. I agree. I love ETN, but the out of the backfield um, capabilities that Eckler gives you is he's one of the best receiving backs. I mean, he had 117 catches or yeah, something. It's crazy. Great. I mean, he's he's fabulous. Um, tight end, I'll take Ingram at tight end, and uh, at wide receiver, if Mike Williams is healthy, you got to go with Chargers only because Keenan Allen's one of the best slot receivers in the game. But it's and not, Palmer's been really good this year too for them as a third. It is, but it's not as it's not as it's not as big as distance. 
No. And you would have thought going into the season. Going no. into the season would be like, oh, no-brainer, it's the Chargers. Right. You can make an argument that the combination of Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, and Christian Kirk, um, it's it's close. Like, Kirk, I'll say this. Kirk and Keenan Allen in the slot, not that big a difference. Kirk is quicker and faster. Keenan Allen might be a little bit better route runner and is bigger. But it's not it's not no. that big a difference. No. And Zay no. Jones and Zay Jones outside. Uh, Mike Williams is when he's healthy just because of his size and what he can do um with his length, you'd have to give him the edge. But it's not like it's like, oh gosh. Like I in you know, his third receiver, uh Marvin Jones and Palmer. Palmer's probably having the better year this year. Um But, but you, you're right, it's not that much different. And then at quarterback, I think it's a coin toss. I don't I don't think you can I'm just telling you. I mean, I, look, I, I think Trevor's going to be a star, but I think Herbert's a little bit ahead of him right now. Just a little bit. Okay. But it'll be it, – look, it, it's going to be fun. You know, and by the way, we gave the edge for play calling to um, to Doug Peterson. That's including the demerits for the one every every game. <laughs> I'll like say that. this right now. You can say it's edge to Herbert. If I was picking quarterbacks, I'm picking Lawrence before I pick Herbert. Well, I mean, your P is teal. So, I mean, what are you talking about? I mean, come on. Look, I, I think they're both going to be great quarterbacks. I do. I just think right now Herbert's ahead of them. I'll get. I'll lock it. Let me give you a lock right now. Oh, yes. There we go. Yes. There we go. How about time? Trevor Lawrence will have more Lombardi trophies at the Jacksonville Jaguars than Herbert does wherever he plays. Well, see, now that's not the argument, though, because Aaron Rodgers has won. He's not one of the great quarterbacks of all time. Dan Marino didn't win any. That so that's a bad, quite, ar- that's that, a bad argument. I thought was, you were going to lock him going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that Bowl. wasn't was quite the lock, lock I was expecting, I must say. <laughs> we were waiting for your lo- – aren't you locking him to go to the Super Bowl, Baselli? No. No? Can you lock him into the championship game? No. No, you see Kansas City sitting over there. Can you can you lock them there, but, through the yeah through? Can you lock this week? There might be a lock up about this week. We're going to wait to the last segment for the lock. Oh my! Oh, okay. it, it might be. By the way, it might be double locked. Wow! Whoa! A rare double, a double lock. It could be a double lock. We're about thirty minutes away. Lock, the double lock's undefeated. Don't we've, change. We've never that. lost a double lock, have we? No. no. This could be a double lock. I got. I, they asked me earlier today. I was on the show, and I said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to pick Jacksonville. Probably pick, I did pick Jacksonville. I don't know if I want to lock it, but I think they'll win the game. But maybe later in the show, we could wow. fire up the old double lock. I tell you what, uh, don't turn that dial because we're about thirty minutes away from finding out if the rare endangered double lock makes an appearance tonight on this happy hour program. That was keeping it real. And boy, we did keep it real. Presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. Fanatics fan questions coming up and a possible rare double double lock. Just mere moments away. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Monday. It is NFL playoff time. The Jaguars and the Chargers coming up in the AFC wildcard playoff game Saturday, 8-15 kickoff, NBC television, Westwood One Radio, Jaguars Radio Network. It will be a packed house and what an environment 
for the Jaguars, the division champions in the AFC South at home against the L.A. Chargers, a team they beat back in week three at SoFi Stadium in L.A. And it's time now for the Fanatics fan questions. Jaguars fans are gearing up and saving big at Fanatics.com. Shop today and rep your Jags gear on game day and every day. Fanatics.com officially licensed everything. Well, each Monday we put the cat signal out. Here's the best we've come up with today. Question number one at Sam McElor. Uh Seems like young teams often play tight their first time in the playoffs and felt like our offense did just that in Saturday's playoff game. So do you think we'll be able to play a bit looser this week against L.A.? Uh, I think we will looser. Um, the stakes are higher. Actually, they're not because last week was like a playoff game. If you, if you lose, you're not in. And so it had a, play, it had a playoff atmosphere for both teams. Um, I don't know if – I'm always careful to, like, to declare a team being tight. Only the guys really do that. They did not play well. Uh, but they were facing a, a good defense, and you know, winning a championship is hard, especially when you're a young team. It's part of the process. Of, you have to go through that situation, understand it, what it feels like, and everything else. So I do think that'll help them for the playoffs. I think it'll help them with uh, against the Chargers. I think they come out. I think they're loose, and I think they have one of the best offensive per, uh, performances of the year. Tony, do you ever, ever remember a game where you were tight, your team? I was tight as hell going into Buffalo. Let me tell you that much. Was it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> was the team tight though? Uh, I don't know. But remember, Pete, that game we were down two possessions. Yeah, it was bad until what Clyde had that had that play. Yeah, it was bad. I think I think we were down. It was like what was it, like thirteen nothing, and we kicked a field goal. Right. It was thirteen three, and then uh, Clyde got the pick, made it thirteen ten, and that changed everything. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I just so, – because I often ask that because I wonder if you can think about games where you were tight. You might have been – I don't think you were tight. I think you, you, you've said that before. You were nervous. Once you hit him, you weren't tight anymore. But sometimes you see guys play tight in the entire game. It just keeps mounting on the pressure. I don't think – like I think in 99 – I think that team played tight after this after after the second half in the second half that it started going against them and they couldn't get out from underneath it. Yeah, I don't know if that's being tight, but you feel the emotion and you start pressing. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's sort of you, like you, you feel the momentum change and you press and you do things you shouldn't do and um like I, like I thought Jacksonville's offense pressed in the fourth quarter when they weren't doing anything. Didn't you? Yeah, I, I, I honestly, Pete, I don't remember. I was, it was a no fall. this year, this, oh, this, this week, year, this past week, like when they yeah. went, like you could just feel the crowd kind of go, Ugh, and you could see the them starting to press a little bit more. Yeah, I never understood. Like, are you tight going into the game? I was nervous and anxious as hell every game I played. Like, I don't care if I was playing some journeyman defensive end to Bruce Smith. Like, I went in that game going, holy cow. I got 70 snaps of one-on-one football that I got to go execute. <laughs> like, so I was, I was always. But there's a difference between being nervous and being tight, though. I, I was always looking forward to, like, the two or three naked calls. It was like <laughs> take a cheap shot at somebody and take a shot, you know, take a free run at somebody. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think when people say you're tight, I think sometimes the moment becomes too much almost. 
And so it's, it's maybe it's that's being tight, but I also think it's you're emotional, you're anxious, you got like, and you start going faster than you need to, and you press and you try to do too much instead of like, I think the best teams and the thing that I know it was a player I always tried to do, and you felt good is trying to like be relaxed, like going into the moment and understanding that it's a long game and like let it come to you and don't try to make stuff happen. Well, that's why you said earlier, they're a young team. You're playing, go in there and you're playing with free money here. This is a free roll. Go play. You know, it's not like they were favored to win the division. It's not like they were favored to go deep into the postseason. Whereas, you know, like certain teams, like if you're Kansas City and things start going against you, you might start thinking about it a little bit. This team has to be able to just go play free and loose. Well, I mean, we keep on comparing to the 96 team, but I remember in both games that we won, um, in Buffalo and Denver sitting on the sidelines because we were down two quick touchdowns in both those games. And I'm at <laughs> the Denver game looking at Brunel. I'm like, uh Oh, here we go. <laughs> we gotta, I'm like, we better do something here soon. Well, yeah, and, remember you punting and then Michael Dean Perry didn't get off the field. Otherwise they get the ball back up 14 or third. It was 13 because I missed the extra point. Yeah. And so you, you kind of, you feel, and I, ne- I was never felt like I was pressing. You just could feel like, like like we need to make a play, like something, we need to get something going. Um, and so there's those moments for sure. And there'll be those moments in this playoff game, you, it, it, the momentum will shift. And can you, oh, can you kind of overcome it, kind of fight through it and sustain the change um, where, you know, what sideline momen- momentum is on. And that's the, that's the key. Um but you, I remember in the AFC title game in 96 against the, the Patriots, you could – like it felt like we never got in that rhythm. And part of it was because it, we didn't run the ball very well that game. And we and our success had been running the ball with Natron Means and play-action pass and, and taking big shots you know, down the field. And against the Patriots, they had a good game plan. Um, they rushed three, spied Brunel all night, and – and played really good run defense, and we we didn't win the line of scrimmage. Let's move along. Next question off social media today. This is a, at Nick Pope Joy. Who is the most dangerous player on the Chargers team, and will we be able to stop that individual? Well, I mean, the best player on offense. Let's talk. Let's talk about each side of the ball. At least I will. The best player on offense is Justin Herbert. But the most dangerous weapon is Austin Eckler. You have to take Austin Eckler out of the game. And they did it the first time. They limited his impact because he's the guy who really gets you, puts you on edge because he's a good running, he's a good runner out of the backfield, obviously. He's a great running back, but he's outstanding in the passing game. And he is the one that Herbert will check it down to work out of the backfield. They have a great screen game with them. They'll try to get him matched up against linebackers. And that's been a little bit of an issue for us. And so I think Austin Eckler on offense, and then defensively it's 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 the two ends. If Bosa's healthy, I'll probably Bosa's the better player than Khalil Mack when healthy. And if Bosa's healthy and he gets it going, you better you better identify that guy and have a plan for him. Yeah, I would agree. Spot on on both of them. But remember, the last time they stopped Eckler, they didn't have those other receivers. It made it a lot easier, a lot I easier. Agree. But yeah, Bosa, you have to, you have to, Bosa's much better right now in his career than Cleo Mack is. And then he's the guy, he's the guy, every team. That's why we always talk about these teams in the playoffs who has a game wrecker. Bosa's a game wrecker. He can be a game wrecker. So you got to control him. 
Does Jacksonville have a game record? The way Josh Allen's playing, who knows? The other guy you got to identify on defense, Pete, is Derwin James. You know, though, Tony, I'm going to say something. I think he's really good in a lot of areas. I think you can get him, and in, in, if you get him in the passing game, you can beat oh, him. I, I, I don't disagree, but he is he's a great blitzer. He can rush the pass. He's actually a good just pass rusher. Yep. Um, he's outstanding. Good in the run game. Run end game. I'm not. Yeah. He, but he's a really good player. Yep. Next question: Social media, a buzz, of course, after the Jaguars win. Noah Damro asking: Is the Jags team built well enough to make a Super Bowl run? Yes. If you're if you're in if you're in the tournament, you're good enough to make a Super Bowl run. That's been proven year in and year out. Nobody thought the Bengals were going to come out of the AFC. It was the Bills, Chiefs, one of those two teams are going to be in the Super Bowl. And the Bengals won three games, uh, two on the road, and ended up in the Super Bowl. The year before, the, the Buccaneers were a wild card team. Had gotten blown out by the Saints both times, went in on opening wild card weekend and beat the Saints. And then went on, the, uh, and then went on their run. Okay, I get your point, but one had Tom Brady, A, and and the other one, think about who they had to beat. Okay, we'll give you, we'll give it. It'd be the Titans team that was limited offensively and didn't have, you know, they didn't have much. The Titans were the number one seed, Pete. I get it, but they weren't very. Did you think they were? Did you think they were a number one seed? We've seen the Titans be a number one seed in the past and get beat in the first round too. Baltimore thought, beat them one. I year. thought they. I thought. Because remember, they're getting Derrick Henry back. And I said, Derrick Henry is who Derrick Henry was the first nine games of that year when he was rushing for like 20 yards a game, it felt like. I thought they were a tough out because they were playing good defense as well, and I didn't think the Bengals could protect the pass. Okay, first game they beat the Raiders, who weren't very good. Remember? They beat the Raiders. Then they beat the Titans. And then they got they, – they did upset the Chiefs. So you got to give them credit for that. They played they, – they beat the Chiefs. So Jacksonville, to go on a run, would have to beat – the problem is the top, the second round game is much tougher. You got to admit, whoever you play in the second round, it's much tougher than going to play the Titans more a year ago. I'd agree with that, but you disagree with me. The fact that you, if you no, you can anything can happen in the postseason. It's like in hockey. If you got a hot goal, you can go to the you can go to the Stanley Cup and win it. Yep. So no, if you quarterback, like you said, if your quarterback's hot, you have a chance to win it. I didn't and know so, yes, they're built to do that because I think they have a franchise quarterback who can get hot and take over a game. And if Josh Allen continues to be what he's been the last couple of weeks, then, then yes, they have, a, they have a guy who can wreck a game. I didn't know we would have hockey talk tonight. Next question on social media from Twitter today, at HardyBro35. Are the Jaguars linebackers in coverage a big concern coming into this playoff game against the Chargers? Yes. Big time. And, and, Tony, you mentioned the screen game, too. That's a big part of what the Chargers do. They're great at it. So, yeah, it's a big concern. Yeah, that's why I think Mumu will start. I think Mumu will get most of the reps at linebacker because I don't think I, – I, I wonder the confidence level of the coaching staff to put Devin Lloyd out there and to be responsible for zone drops, man coverage, getting lined up, and getting matched up with Eckler or one of their tight ends. It's funny because Mumu – Gets to the plays faster, but he's not faster. <laughs> it's amazing. Because he identifies it better. Yeah. Next question. A few more left from Twitter today. At Britt Jag, is Prisco CBS getting withdrawal symptoms from being in January and not discussing the draft yet? 
It is kind of. It is weird. It's weird. This is the first. It was since 2017. This is the first time we haven't done that. It's it's strange. We probably won't talk. Hopefully, we won't talk about it at all until after the Super Bowl. The last show we can have a draft segment where they what they need to do in the upcoming draft. But until then, no draft talk. We could talk about cap. Then we could talk about who they should cut. We'll 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 fix the team for Balky. We hell we moved Dario, we moved Williams outside for him. I mean, think about it. What else does he want us to do? And told him to play Trayvon with his hand to the ground more. Yep. Right. See. That's what happens. Uh, but, hey, it'll be coming after the Jaguars pick 30 seconds. Now if we can year. only get them to stop running this stupid place. Next question. Social media <laughs> at ELGHS2001. With the team continuing to surge in the win column, is it concerning that Lawrence's individual numbers are beginning to regress going into the postseason? Not for me. Not no, the numbers, the numbers don't matter. He just didn't play that well the other day. Forget about well, the numbers. Remember, like, go back to the Jets game. It was terrible weather. He was never going to put up big numbers, and they have a really good defense. They did. They ran a game plan that was conservative, trusted defense. They knew they didn't have a quarterback, and you know, let's go get a win. And the and Texans it, game doesn't count. Texans game, they were up. I mean, it's like once you get up against yeah. that team, it's like let's just not make stupid no. mistakes. The answer to that question is no. But he did not play well last week. Okay, I agree. Uh, one more question. Last one. Social media. At Robert Johns, with the Chargers playing their starters for the majority of the game, does that give the Jags an advantage with more or recent tape to watch? Not for that reason. The the, the advantage it gives them, for some reason, when the game did not matter at all for the Chargers. Zero. He's playing all his starters, and it came back to bite him because Mike Williams got hurt. And if he's not... Bosa got dinged, too. Bosa got dinged in the game, too. And so if those guys are not 100%, that impacts the Chargers' ability to have a full-strength uh, squad out there. He had Herbert into the second half. I have no idea what he was doing. It made no sense to me. And and not only that, you a lot of those guys played most of the game. So if you play most of the game, now you got to travel in a short week to go play a team that gets an extra day of rest. Yeah, if I was head coach, I, as soon as I knew that our that we had the the game did not matter, I'm playing as many backups as I can and, and making it a bye week. Of course. Here's a guy who doesn't play – Staley doesn't play anybody in the preseason in any of the games, and all of a sudden he's playing him in a preseason game in week 18. It, it just is mystifying. And they would have known relatively early because the Bengals had control of that game, right? It was the Ravens' loss that put them in. They knew. They knew when the ball kicked off. That, but remember, right. they didn't kick off until 425. They knew. Right. My point is that they had a a sizable lead in that game, and it wasn't really in danger of the Ravens coming back. It was was a bad bad. The coaching staff, you have a plan. Plan A, we have to win. This is how we're going to go approach it. Plan B, Bengals lose. I mean, Bengals win, Ravens lose. Game doesn't matter. This is how we're going to play. It's a bad dec- it was a bad decision by the coaching staff. And and if they get beat on, on uh, Saturday night, then there's going to be a lot of questions about whether – particularly if Mike Williams is in the lineup. There you have it, the Fanatics fan questions. Thanks for all the submissions today. It's been a fun day or two on Jaguars social media, of course, after a division title. We're back in a moment. Shad Khan in the locker room after the game. We'll hear from the Jaguars owner coming up and the NFL Super Wildcard Weekend schedule. We'll go through all the games coming up. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. What do you got for us? What do you got for us? Speech! 
I'm speechless. Okay. <laughs> I'm so freaking proud of all of you. It's been hard work, battering, obviously Doug, the staff, Trent, the staff, everyone believed in everyone. Oh man, I just can't describe this moment. I'm going to seal it up and live with it the rest of my life. There's the Jaguars owner, Shad Khan, in the locker room getting a game ball after the Jaguars win an AFC South title. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli, Doug Peterson gave Shad and Tony Khan game balls after the uh, victory, and that's uh, that's fun to hear. That is a happy owner, his second division title. Hey, hey uh, J.P., I got to ask you, did anybody ask him if he was really sleeping during the game? Did you see that shot they had of him? I, I mean, it was unfair. He wasn't sleeping, but they put the camera on him and it made it look like Shad was sleeping during the game. Yeah, I have no doubt he was wide awake um, throughout that ball game. Did you guys see the shot? You know what I'm talking did, about, yeah. though? They put I him did. on the yeah, camera and it looked like it. Yeah. Um, by the way, one quick thing I got to clear up. I went back and looked at the box score. Mike Williams did play in that game in the in the first time. Yeah, he played. I knew, I knew that. Yeah. He was dinged up, though. Remember, there was some question about whether he would play that weekend. He did. So, yeah. He missed time during the season, though, a couple different games. Hmm. Let's take a look at the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend schedule. A full slate of games. Two on Saturday, three on Sunday, one on Monday. Let's go through these. One by one, guys. Let's start with the NFC wildcard playoff game. The Seattle Seahawks backdoor their way into the playoffs. The seven seed against the San Francisco 49ers. A lot of folks favorite to make it to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. Uh, Pete, who do you like in that one? Oh, I think the Niners beat them up. They beat them up already this year twice. I think they beat them up again. And uh, look, Seattle got in. It's a heck of a story for Pete Carroll, a heck of a story for Geno Smith, but I think it ends there. All right. Tony, what do you think on that one? I agree 100% with Pete. I think it's a fabulous story, but I think it's going to be over. All right. We'll get to the Jaguars game coming up in just a few moments here at the end of the show. We'll, uh, we could have a rare double lock. We'll see. Just moments away from finding out if that's the case. Let's go to Sunday, 1 o'clock, 7-seed Miami Dolphins, 2-seed Buffalo Bills in the AFC. Who you got? It's an Orchard Park. That's Orchard Park. I'm going with I'm going with Buffalo. I think Buffalo gives him a beating again. I don't care if Tua even plays. I don't think he will. But even if he did, I think Buffalo beats him. Yeah, I think this is a runaway. I think Miami might keep it close for a little bit because I think they'll have some creative running game. Mike McDaniel does a great job with that. That's been a little bit of the Buffalo uh, Buffalo's Achilles heel, but they've been better against the run lately, Pete, I think. Yeah, so and that- he got away from it the last time they played, remember? They averaged yeah. seven yards per carry against them last time and then had three third and shorts in the second half and didn't run the ball. Yeah, I think Buffalo wins by 10. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, Giants-Vikings, six versus three in the NFC. Pete? That's a team that's hosting with 12 wins and a negative point differential <laughs> in Minnesota. I think the Giants should have won the game the last time they went there. They had a drop in the middle of the field that would have kind of put them in a position to win the game. Uh, I'm going to take the Giants. I think Dable's done a great job with that team. I think they go in there and win that game. I hate to agree with Pete, but I think the Giants win. I think they're the more physical team, and I think they'll out-physical Minnesota. And things get tight in the playoffs. All the pretty stuff doesn't always work, and I think the Giants are kind of that physical, gritty team. 
All right, Sunday night, 8-15, the Ravens and the Bengals, six versus three division rivals. I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters if Lamar Jackson plays or not. He's still going to be limited in what he can do. And an injured Lamar Jackson's not the kind of quarterback that you want to see playing. So uh, I think Joe Burrow and that offense is cranked up in the high gear. And their defense is starting to make a lot of plays. And, and so I think they win that game easily, too. Yeah, I like the Bengals. I think the Bengals are, um, again, that's a 10-point-plus victory for them. I think they it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be physical. It's a division matchup, much like the uh, Dolphins and uh, – and, uh, Bills, but I think the Bengals are just the better team. They have a better quarterback. The defense is playing good. Uh, I, I, I think they get after them pretty well. And then the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Monday night. Dak Prescott throwing 7 million interceptions, and Tom Brady is, what, 45 years old. Who you got in that one? I'm taking the Cowboys. Everybody's going to be on the Bucks. It's just and, – and you know what? Then, then the line comes out, and the Cowboys are favored. They're the better team. And one thing about Tom Brady, he's been great in the postseason – but when he's not great in the postseason, when people start hitting him, and remember all the games he lost, he was getting hit and inside pressure. I'm going to take the Cowboys. I, I think that game on Sunday was just one of those games where they knew the Eagles would win against a Giants team that wasn't playing anybody and didn't play very well. I think the Giants. I mean, excuse me. I think the Cowboys get tight. I think the Cowboys get in that game. They've had a you know win twelve games. The Bucks, you know, beat up offensive lines, a little bit patchwork. Is Tristan is Tristan worth worse back for this game? Yes, yeah, he's back. And but the problem is their second string center is hurt now. So if Brian Jensen can't come back and play, they're going to be down to number three. It looks like I'm betting on Tom Brady. I think the, I think the Bucks win a close game. You've been, everybody's been saying it all year. Here comes Tom Brady. This is the week. This is the week. It hadn't happened yet. I'm just I, I, I I'm not sold. It's more it's less about Tom Brady, Pete. I'm not sold in the Cowboys. I think their defense will get after it. All right. And now the AFC wildcard playoff game here at TIAA Bank Field at 815 kickoff time Saturday under the lights. What a scene it should be. The Los Angeles Chargers, they finished the regular season 10 and 7. They are a wildcard team in the AFC, the five seed against the AFC South champion Jacksonville Jaguars at 9 and 8, the number four seed. Do we have the rare double lock? Pete, let's start with you. Are you going there? I am locking it. First one to 30 win. This is going to be a classic shootout that we all love in the NFL, particularly in the playoffs. 33-30 Jacksonville. Lock it. It is locked by Pete. Tony Baselli. do you match him? I think this is a game. It's, I agree with Pete. It's a shootout. It's going to be what defense can get a big turnover late or a big stop, um, steal a possession or two during this game. It's it's going to come down. To, I don't think either defense has an answer for the other, but I think it's the defense who can make the big play. This Jaguar defense has been opportunistic all year. Big plays when it mattered. I think they win the game. I think it's late. I think it's close. I got 38-35 Jags. It's a lock then for Tony Baselli. Double lock. Double lock. A double lock. <laughs> it is rare, nearly extinct, but boy, they pulled it out for the playoffs. I it's undefeated. It. One it and is up. undefeated. It is undefeated. Boy, that's a rare bird. You know what? This is this is everything and anything you want in a playoff game with these two quarterbacks who can throw the football all over the place. I can't wait to watch it. I really can't. By the way, I heard it's going to be a little chilly on Saturday night. 
In the 30s, I heard. Whoa, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, early, I mean, obviously things can change, but a cold front's coming across the country. And, Let's uh, just hope there's no wind. Please, no wind. <laughs> it's weather, Pete. What do you want? Like, well, wind ruins football. Wind I'll say this, though. If it is windy, it favors Jacksonville because that Chargers run defense is atrocious. It is bad. It's a bad run defense. And, and look, Jacksonville's got to run the ball. You know, that's one thing, Tony, about last week we didn't really talk about. They couldn't run the ball, so those boots were kind of negated. That's right. No, I think it was a huge part of the game. It was harder to move the pocket because of the lack of run game. And I think that's going to be important, and I think it will open up more of the offense. So um, I think it's going to be a great game. I'm with Pete. I think it's exciting. It, I think they're going. the Jaguars will win. Um, I think – the place is going to be rocking. It'll be another great environment, and it's going to be fun playoff football. We locked it. It's a known thing now. The only unknown is what quarter comes to play. What quarter will the play come in? Will it be the first quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter? <laughs> it's coming. What hey, Pete, quarter does the play come in? Speaking of locks, I made a lock at the beginning of the season that the Jaguars would sweep the Titans. Yes, you did. That you mocked me. Yes, I did. For, and you said, there's no chance it's going to happen. Well, who knew they would be a broken-down version of themselves? <laughs> Come on, Baselli. <laughs> they almost matter. got beat by Josh Dobbs Saturday night. Stop it. It doesn't matter. I locked it. It came through. <laughs> the lock, I'll tell you this, after a bad 2021 in locks, I was bad. I'm not going to lie. The locks I might be undefeated this year. There might no, be, there might be one loss. You had a loss, had a loss yeah. earlier in the year. The winning yeah, percentage I think I, you, is had, high. you had much better locks going this year, but – I think I had won. I think when I locked that uh, the Kansas City game reflects the Sunday night, that didn't really happen. Look, people put this on the internet and they put it on Twitter and everything. That's the only reason you locked it is because it makes you look good. Well, if you were wrong, nobody would remember. Pete nobody just did it too. It's a double lock. Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli, Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber. I'm J.P. Shadrick. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. We'll catch you next time.